Moshe was Rabbeinu, our teacher, but he's also Ro'enu, our shepherd, the one who led us, Raya Mehemna, Moshe's called, the trustworthy shepherd. And we want to know what leadership is all about, we need to go no further than Moshe. Leadership remains one of the most important institutions in the world, including the Jewish world. Books come out every day with insights on how to be a great leader. Late in 2015, books with the word leadership in their title were coming out at a rate of four a day. We have rabbinic leaders, lay leaders, in a sense, every head of a household has to be a leader. Which direction will you be taking your family in? What values will you inculcate, inculcate in your home? Those are That's leadership. We're going to look at three stages in Moshe Rabbeinu's life, Moshe 20, Moshe 80, Moshe 120, at the end. Some of our lessons are going to jump out through simple reflection in the Psukim, some through a more sophisticated look at the Mepharshim. Last week's Parsha. Vayihi biyamim harabim, biyam hahein. Vayigdal Moshe, Moshe got older, vayyetzi alechov, vayyarvisiv lasom, Moshe went out to his brothers and he saw their burdens. The Yar Ish Mitzri. And he saw an Egyptian Maki Ish Ivri Me'echov beating up a Jew. And he turned this way and that way. The Yar Kienish. He saw there was no one there. The Yach Esa Mitzri. And he hit the Mitzri, killed him. And he buried him. So the Medrash Seichel told, one of the Midrashim tells us that Moshe was a grand 20 at the time of this event. There are a world of leadership lessons. We're going to share four in these two short psukim. First off, he was Vayetze. He went out to his brothers. Listen to the Malbim. I realize more and more how amazing and afarish the Malbim is. Bishagam Shekolo Vesemelech. Moshe grew up as is known in the king's house. He was Paro's beloved stepson. The Jewish people was low. He didn't avoid them. They're my brothers. There was something deeper to him than all the power, glory, beauty, prominence of Paro's house. There's brotherhood. Think about this. You make it in the NFL. You make it as a singer. Ah, who remembers the old timers? Pompous. That's how people are. Moshe went against that temp of Yetzelechov. Even though he came from a place of prominence, he had no natural reason to be drawn to these people. But his brotherhood, the Yetzelechov. We're both such an obvious lesson number one. Don't sit in your ivory tower ignoring the plight of the Jewish people. Baruch Hashem, I'm from, I'll marry a nice girl, my family's doing well, and I hope the Jewish people doesn't fall apart. It's not really my thing, you know, I'm not that type of guy. Go out and see what's going on. Be part of the story of Klai Yisrael and its communities. But it's not enough to go out. Maybe just go out, bust some heads, look for some trouble, Jew power. Show the non-Jews who's boss. No. He saw their pain. 
listen to a different measure. The Yarvis of them say a raw bochim lachtan. Moshe cried from their malachim, from the work that he saw the Jewish people being oppressed with. He gave a shoulder to each person that he saw and dug into their work. Ramban says we name stakabasilatvam he couldn't be sovelit. He couldn't handle what he was seeing. You know, this big Balmopis named the Ribitzer Rebbe. Read about him, you'll see. Someone told me he was close to someone who was close to him. He said that one time someone told him it's sorry. He was a Rebbe. He had a, a towel. Rebbe always has a towel close by. Probably wet. He'd been to the mikvah. Who knows? He went to the mikvah hundreds of times sometimes. Stories I've heard about him. And he bit into the towel and let out this screech. You know, someone said we understood how the Ribitzer did his most. And he was so... A screech. Someone came to me and didn't even know. Screaming. That's this Ramban. He couldn't be so with the tzar that he saw. His echav. He cried. He couldn't handle the pain. And Rashi goes further. I hold you have to memorize this Rashi. Rashi says, He gave his heart and his eyes to be Meitzar Lehem. As much as he could perceive with his eyes, Moshe Rabbeinu's eyes at 20, Moshe was Kulo Tov. From the beginning, it says, Shekhinah was with him from the beginning. Even at 20, who could imagine what it was like? All those eyes, he gave them to the Jewish people. And his heart, he gave it to the Jewish people. We often stop after our national reaction. Oh, that's sad. That's not so bad. That's sad. Not so bad. Not Moshe Rabbeinu. He reflected, he thought about it. What's my roommate really going through? Uh, what's this person's situation really like? To give your heart and to give your eyes to another yid. Revolve is deservedly very famous, very famous in our yeshiva. I mentioned him on Shabbos. He gets mentioned all the time here, really in every base matters today. But he had a very, very illustrious father-in-law, Holy Taurus Avram, Avram Grzynski. He was one of the greatest Talmudim, the Alta Slobodka, when the altar made the Hebron yeshiva in Hebron in 1924-25. He left the yeshiva in the hands of Avram Grzynski together with son law Yitzchak That's how much the altar held of him. They used to say, I love to quote, that the whole world stands on Lita. The whole world stands on the learning of uh, Torah learning of Lithuania. And all of Lithuania stands on Slobodka, which is the flagship yeshiva. And all of Slobodka stands on Rabbi Avram. And Rabbi Avram stands on one leg. He had a bad leg. So that, was the, that was the cute comment that used to be said. So I heard from Revolva that Rabbi Avram was in the line you know, with the Nazis. He died through the Nazis. That's why we say he's holy. But he had made it through a death line or an action, something like that. And every single person that he saw going the other way or that he heard about going the other way, each one, he had someone told, or he saw, I can't remember if he saw or if he heard, each one he broke down crying. Shmuel went this way. Esther went that way. He broke down. He made it through. You know, but he was nothing ain't of libel of Meitzerlim. Rav Leichter told me at another time that the nature of a person is so much the opposite. When you, when you make it through, you're so happy you made it through. You're so stuck. You're so self-absorbed. Even a non- Self-absorbed. Some people are very self-absorbed. Sometimes guys in yeshiva get self-absorbed. But but he was... At this moment when it was the most natural thing to be self-absorbed, only to see himself, I'm free! Baruch Hashem, I got through. That's when he was crying for all the yidim. So we're both saying, so number one is you go out v'yetze. Number two is you care, but really care. Ain't a v'liba that could care. But he didn't stop with that. Lesson number three, v'yachas and mitzri took action. It's great to care. For sure. But you have to take action when you can. There's so many armchair caretakers in our communities. Nice expression. Armchair caretakers. 
the schools are bad, the rabbi's bad, the system's bad, this one's bad, this one's bad. Do something! Don't complain, do something about it. The Yachasimitri Milsha did something. I want to share a Kiddush of mine. You know, not all the time, we can't always take action. There's so many needs, I'll small volume in. Our time and our abilities are limited. But the fact that you see something that needs to get done and you consider it, that elevates you as a person. I'm not just a person who goes, but I can't do everything. The person is limited. We're all limited. But I consider at least, I notice, a kid here needs a chizik, there's a problem here in the community. You can't do everything, but, but you're aware of it, you're, you're involved with it. It changes you as a person. And sometimes, you, suddenly you find a small thing you can do to make a situation better. Even if you can't carry the day. So those are our first three lessons. We're supposed to. But we said we're going to share a fourth lesson. We're going to share a fourth lesson from these psukim. Let's take a step back. Before Moshe took action, he did something else. Vayifen kovako. He turned this way and that way. Vayifen kovako. What's involved in that? He didn't jump and act foolishly. He weighed his action. Let's learn from the Malbim again. Lobaltomer, don't think he also says Shlobat's a sichlo. Don't think the Moshe did this unintelligently. Oh, yeah, he got upset, heated up. I'm going to go smash this mitri, put him into the hole. No, no, no. Lo Yishubach. That such thing isn't, isn't praiseworthy, right? Unbridled activism isn't praiseworthy. Alzelmar, Shepona, Pina, Kovako, Lerodim, Shamishi, checked. Is this something I can get away with? Ki osa bemitun. Mitun means hesitation, thinking, pensiveness. Umba'atsa siklo, and he thought, he considered. Ve'yif and kovako. It wasn't just a physical turning to kovako, the Malvim learns. It was, a, it was an evaluation. Does this make sense? Is this reasonable? Will it get the job done? He knew that if someone will find out, so the whole thing will be done. What, what I accomplished. Vazi kolat zil nefesh And then he hit him. Ve'yif and kovako. If you think about it, we'll say so much positive energy is wasted on foolish ideas. You have to think. That's also the lesson of Ethan Kovako. What's going to be the result of this? What's the end game? What will it look like the day after? Do we have the resources to carry this out? And let's say a little deeper. If you really care, if you really care, you'll make sure to go through this process of Ethan Kovako and checking. Sometimes we act just to get it off our chest. I want to check that bu- that box that I did something. I did something. I can check the box. Yeah, but you wasted tons of time. You could have done something else. And often, we don't have the seichel ourselves or the das Torah to know if something's a good idea or a bad idea. So many good ideas are destructive in the end. You have to check off with the higher authority. So those are the first four lessons. This was Moshe Rabbeinu at 20. Let's fast forward 60 years. Moshe now 80. He's run away to Midian. He's married. Zipporah. It's many decades later. We're at the burning bush. Hashem shares the amazing news that he's feeling Kleisel's pain. He's going to save them. And Hashem comes to Moshe. And he says, You're the man. You're going to save the Jewish people. The Yomer Moshe Elokim. Me? Me Anochi Kielech Paro. Who am I to go to Paro? Mechi Otsi Es Bnei Yisrael Mitzrayim. And I'm going to be the one? 
Moshe questions his abilities. That's what that was. Am I the man? A healthy, and I emphasize healthy, amount of self-doubt and self-awareness. One of the Kinyani Torah, one of the 48 ways to acquire the Torah is to know your place. Makiris Makoma, to know your place. To know what you're built to do, well, you should leave for better people, other worthy souls. There's a accurate expression called promoted to incompetence. You ever read that one or both sides? Promoted to incompetence. There are people who have been promoted to incompetence. He was very, very good at this level of job. He was very, very bad at that level of job. Promoted to incompetence. He kept moving up the ranks. And then, oh, he, he did this in the company well. He was a good salesman. Great salesman. Let's make him manager. Management is very different than sales. You can't sell the people. You know, you can sell the people you're working with. Oh, they just, you got to work with them. It's management. And it's painful. You hear about individuals who were great at a certain level and they, mark my words, ruin their careers by being promoted to incompetence. So that's number five. And that's a very important leadership skill to know. My cane, my low. Are you right demand for the job? Or if someone else can do it. That's number five. The discussion continues. Viyan Moshe Viyomer. So, Moshe keeps pushing off Hashem. It's a big discussion. Hashem Lechor had a good evaluation. Okay, that's another discussion. The Jewish people won't listen to me. I'm going to go to the Jewish people and say, here I am, your, sa- your, sa- your salvation, your Savior. They're not going to believe me. Hashem responds, Moshe, what's in your hands? It's my staff. Hashem directs Moshe to throw his staff into the ground. And it became a snake. Why a snake? What is this? What in the world is going on? They're having a discussion. Will the people believe you? Will they not believe you? Take your staff, turn into a snake. So Rashi says, the Nachash was to remind Moshe about the first snake. The first snake was the original Lushan Horror person, Monger, right? And Hashem was giving Moshe a remez, a, a sign that you're making a mistake. You're saying Lushan Horror about the Jewish people by questioning their faith. You think the Kleisra won't believe you? They're waiting for this. They have more belief than you know. And the Meshach Chachma adds a very interesting uh, twist over here. And he says that Moshe repeated this error by bringing his wife and children to Mitzrayim. Listen to this. Why did Moshe? Why do you think Moshe Rabbeinu, wife and family, were sitting in Midian, and he brings them to Egypt? Why did Moshe bring them to Egypt? What do you think? Someone. He's worried he's not going to make it back. What? He's worried he's not going to make it back. But he's bringing them to a bad place. He's worried it'll take uh, a while. No, 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 no. You think, you think like too much like family men, guys. To not be alone. What? To not be alone. No, you have worse family men. Okay. He's bringing them back to give chizik to the Jewish people. Look, I'm bringing you back, and I'm so sure it's going to work out that I'm bringing my family. My kid, my family's safe. Guys, you get it? Germany, 1940, right? You don't bring your family. You don't. You don't bring your family back there, right? That's what we're talking about. Moshe Brandon brought them back to show. That you don't have to worry about it. Jewish people, I'm going to redeem you. And look, I'm putting my same family in the same place. That's what he was doing. But the Meshach says, that was a mistake. They didn't need chizik. 
Okay, Rabosaif. That's number six. Leadership lesson number six. A leader has to believe in his people. If you don't believe in your people, you're not right for leadership. Especially the Jewish people. Jews are special, geniuses, driven, want to do the right thing, godly. Who knows their potential? If you're a leader, Jewish leader sitting on high thinking, you know, you're working with these plebeians, etc., you're not right for Jewish leadership. You have to believe in them. You have to know their potential. You have to know that this is a nation of the greatest nation ever walked the face of this earth. It's lighting up the world and all fields forever. In the darkest times in history. That's when our Rishonim came about. The world was stuck in who knows what. That started, that's what we learned, Rashi Tosfis. You have to believe in that. Okay, number seven. So Moshe takes the shlichus, and then he does a very curious thing. He goes and asks Yisro Rishus to leave. Vayelach Moshe v'yashva l'yasir chosno. Yes, is Yisro, is Falmo. V'yomolo, elchanov, ashuv elachai. Hashem Mitzrayim. This is Shver, that's what we say in Yiddish, Falmo, I'm going back. He's 80, right? He's 80, he's talking to his father, let's say his father was 100, but he's 80, okay? He's an 80-year-old, and he's going to his father-in-law, and he's asking for permission. Go in peace. So Rashi says, why do you do this? Why is he going to Yisrael? He's going to get permission. Is it okay for me to go? Now, let's get the situation here. He's 80 years old. He's a capable person. He's going to save Klyusrol. The most historic event in history. Never happened before a nation leaves Egypt. And he has to get permission from Yisrael? Permission? So Rabbi said, this needs a lot of explanation, and the Farshim explained in different ways. But however we explain this, we see an idea that even if you're doing very, very great things, there's a way to do things and a way not to do things. And one always has to question whether the ends justify the means and to be let go of a good idea if they don't. Because he had to ask Yisro even in this situation. Okay, so we've learned seven lessons. For number 8, 9, 10, we're going to fast forward again another 40 years to the end of Moshe's life. We have an incredible Pusik. All the way in Dvarim, Perak Aleph Pasik Dalit. Right? The end of Moshe's life, Be'eber Yardin. Moshe is, of course, not going to make it in Terry Tzirol, but he's at the last stop. All of Dvarim is really like the last stop in the uh, in Moaf. What's today, Jordan? Hoel Moshe Be'er HaTorezos. Moshe began. To teach the Torah. That's the Pashib Shah in the words. Hoil Moshe Be'eris the Torah Moshe began to explain the Torah. Moshe began to explain the Torah. It's 120. Moshe Rabbeinu has been teaching Kalah Yisrael for 
decades. We got the Torah a long time ago, and Moshe has been teaching. Oh, Moshe bears the Torah Zos. So we're going to see three approaches to these Pesukim and try to bring out three more lessons in leadership from them. So the Ibn Ezra, classical commentator, says, Hechel lefarish lebanim shenoldu b'midbar mashira lavosam. What Torah was Moshe? What, Mo, what Torah did Moshe begin to explain? Not the halachas. The halachas he'd been teaching forever. Tariq mitzvahs, all that Moshe taught. But he started teaching now the children that were born in the midbar. What happened? Lavosam. That's the beginning. The Sforno says, So two totally different approaches. What did Moshe begin to teach? According to the Menezer, it means Moshe began to teach the next generation. Those that were born, what happened? According to Sforno, he was thinking, where, what's going to happen when I'm not here? So let's think about this a little bit. Here is Moshe, the national leader. According to the Ibn Ezra, he's worried about the next generation. Some, it's a natural thing, it's a very natural thing, to limit your hashpa, limit your effect to your people. I was a rub and a shul, and we grew up together, now I'm a little old. Maybe they put me out to pasture a little bit, maybe they didn't. I'm done! There are new people, have a, you have a message to new people. Don't just hang on to that old vision. Look at the new generation. Believe in the new generation. And there's a new generation coming. Moshe's worried on his last days about that new generation. When you think about this picture, I think about the great Rebbe's after the Holocaust. And there are many more than the ones I mentioned here, but just some of the outstanding ones that come about. The Klosenberger, which we learned about in the summer. The Samarov, the Belzerov. The last bills are up. We lost everything in the war. Children, families, wives, communities, chasidim, chasidis. whole thing went up in smoke. And Roshi Yeshiva, like Ravarin Cutler, the Panovich Arov. They rebuilt with a new generation. And the world we live in today is because of those rebuilders. They didn't see them. They could have said, one of them, oh, my, my, my chasidim were gone. My chasidim were in Auschwitz. But there's a new generation. Maybe they're not as great as the old generation, but that's your new generation. That's lesson number eight. Do, don't limit yourself to the leadership possibilities. And for us, it doesn't just mean everybody's young here. But think the, think wider. There, there's the central way to be a leader, and there's smaller ways to be a leader. If one of them would have said, it's done. We wouldn't have all that we mentioned. We wouldn't know what Bells is. We wouldn't know what Klosenberg was. We wouldn't know what Sommer was. We wouldn't know what Lakewood was. We wouldn't know what Panovich was. And many, many other places. My father once told me, and I've seen it, I could give a whole schmooze about this. I have a lot of, a lot of episodes to show this idea. Just show one. But my father told me he was an RJJ. I was one of the main yeshivas in Europe, and in, in America in the 60s, let's say. And he said that there were a lot of, uh, you know, great Talmudic Chalmim that had imagined themselves saying sharing Europe to the best and the brightest of, uh, of, of Torah. And they could never make the branch over to teaching apple pie eating, baseball playing Americans. And they never really made that 
brand, bridge. We can't judge. It's understandable. But there were the others that did it. And they were the ones who lit up the next generation. Mendel Kaplan, many, many, many. They saw the potential. Ryan Culler, Ryan never spoke about Europe. He saw what's today. I have to bring Torah to America today. Okay, so I lost Klatsk. I lost Lutsk. This is a whole different level. But look what Byron built. Because he saw it today. The next generation. So that's the idea that we could bring out according to the Ibn Ezra. I'll read it one more time. Children, this is what it was. According to the Smarno, again said, what was the idea according to the Smarno? He taught what he thought a suffix would come about later. Right, right now, Kleisrael is holding. They got it. But they're not going to know about this din. This thing is going to be unclear. This thing is going to be unclear. And he started teaching that. So it's a different idea of national leadership. It's being concerned about what will be when you're gone. There's something great here, bigger than me. It's bigger than little me. And I want to make sure that continues and flourishes after I'm gone. A Balgaiva is the opposite. The more things fall apart when he's gone, he's happy. Because that shows that everything was dependent on him. So when I was there, the company flourished. He's not interested in setting up what's going to be. You can see more, the book, the wonderful book, Good to Great, one of the best leadership books, lists this as an often problem with very charismatic leaders. Not Moshe. He's thinking what's going to be afterwards. That's lesson number nine. And that applies to us in many stages in life. Lesson number ten. What was whole Moshe Beres Torah Here's the language of the Sifri. Totally different idea than the Ibn Ezra. Totally different idea than the Svarno. Kfar ani samach Moshe says, I'm almost out of this world. One foot in the grave. Misha shama pasuk echa v'shochach. Someone who forgot one pasuk and forgot it. Yavu shinno. Come and I'll teach it to him. Misha shana parsha achas yavu shinno. If you know one parsha, I'll teach you. Moshe began to teach. Meaning, he was ready to review with each and every member of Klai Yisrael. According to the Ibn Ezra and the Svarno, Moshe was taking national responsibility. The next generation, communal doubts, what's going to happen, looking about the big picture. But according to the Sifri, it was Moshe the Malamid, teaching individuals. Like the great Rav said, often, he was a Malamid, I'm here to teach. Sometimes big leaders forget the value of simple things like reviewing a Pusik with a young Jewish boy. But Moshe Rabbeinu didn't forget on his last days and his last worries how much every Jewish child knowing the Torah was worth. And before he left this world, he spent time learning with individuals. And imagine for a second what type of impression I made on those individuals. I had a suffix about a Parsha. Well, where, Dad, where do you know the Pshan this Pusik? Actually, I was a little kid. I was ten. I was nine. They learned from five. You know, back then, Ben Chamish Lamikra, right? Probably younger. And I had a sobbing. What'd you do? Well, my rabbi didn't know. So what'd you do? I, I knocked on Moshe's tent. When was it? It was his last day of life. Moshe taught you? Yeah, he taught me. I reviewed these two called Moshe Rabbeinu. That's our final lesson, number ten, or both of the day. And the big issues. Don't forget the individuals. 
And specifically, how important it is to teach individuals, and how much Christ was about Torah, and how much, like Rav Soloveitchik said, of Ben Malamed, how much is that, is that the national essence of leadership? Both say, there's some real obvious leaders in our Tibor and Yeshiva, some amazing leaders in our base Medrash, but we all need to be leaders on some level. Your, your percentage, your, your, your fraction of a percent in where Klai Yisrael is today. Well, you know now, if you had enough seichel to come to Yeshiva for a month, <coughs> for three weeks, if you got to that point, you're so ahead of so much humanity. Think about that. In Katan Aten Be'inecha, Rosh Yishifti Yisrael you are. It's a sad time in a certain way. The Klai Yisrael is a low level, but it's a great time because there's so much to be able to be done, so much, you don't have to be Golem say it used to be you had to be like a big person to make impressions. Now we see small people make big impressions. People are small because in these times small people can be big. Leadership needs to be something we keep working on and learning about. And there's no better place to look for what real leadership is than all of our great leaders, the Gedolia Yisrael, starting with the Elvis to Moshe down the generations.